Sierra Mountains, October 1868. I may have to kill him. The words were horrifying, even though said in the most thoughtful tones a soft feminine Tennessee accent could produce. The wagon lurched over a rock, and the speaker hauled on the reins while her companion grabbed her bonnet and held on to the rough wooden seat. The October air was pleasantly mild for this high in the Sierras, but the occupants of the wagon weren't aware of that. Too tired to admire the flutter of a golden leaf as it blew by on the breeze, they had their eyes set on the swirl of gray smoke over the next hill. Two thousand miles they had come, and the end was near. You can't kill him, Samantha. They'd put you in jail and hang you, and then we would all starve. What would that solve? Sam smiled a trifle grimly. Leave it to Harriet to see things in a practical perspective. Her younger sister had the bright blue eyes and golden curls of a china doll, but she had the brain of a first-class merchant. If anything, Harriet's looks were her downfall. Had she been as homely as Samantha, she could have started her own mercantile store and no one would have thought twice about it. As it was, men laughed at her when she tried to persuade them she was more than qualified to run a store. On the other hand, Sam was just as plain as they came, but she didn't have a penchant for sitting in a musty old store counting pennies. She wanted to work the land, and she watched the plant life around her with more than just a casual interest. Her father had promised that the valley he had found would be temperate enough for good crops despite its location. He'd said the soil was rich and the water plentiful, a veritable treasure trove better than any gold or silver a man could want. Sam knew her father well enough to have her doubts, and these doubts grew by leaps and bounds at the sight of rocky soil and towering evergreens, but it was much too late to turn back now. What am I supposed to do when I meet the man? Sam returned to the subject, casting aside her concerns for the future, for the worries of the present. Ask him politely what he did to our father? Smile and tell him we haven't heard from our father since he threw him out of town? Demand he find Daddy or we'll call the law? From what I understand, this character is the law here. Two thousand miles had taken their toll on Samantha. As the eldest, she had always been their father's favorite, the son he'd never had. She'd imitated everything her father had done since she was little more than a toddler, and she resembled him in more ways than anyone else in the family. She had always adopted a boy's attire and preferred the occupations of males to females, but after two thousand miles of acting as man of the family, Sam was actually beginning to look like a man. Her hands were calloused from days hauling on the reins of recalcitrant oxen. Her always slender figure had slimmed to wiriness from riding her horse in search of game. No hat brim could keep the pounding sun from setting freckles across her nose and cheeks and she'd cropped her hair short for ease of care. The red curls were growing out now, but they were the only real evidence that she might be other than a half-grown boy. That in her voice. She'd been told her sultry drawl could be disconcerting coming from a red-headed tomboy wearing pants. Maybe someone has shot him already, Harriet said decisively. A man like that is bound to be shot sooner or later. Then we can just find Daddy and tell him to come back. Samantha sighed. She loved her father dearly, but she knew better than anyone that her father wouldn't be content to settle in a valley and raise crops and chickens. He had a wandering mind that kept him flitting from one project to another, 
always forsaking them as soon as the challenge was solved rather than carrying it through to riches. He might come back to visit if they settled here, but he would never stay. At least now they would be close enough for him to visit. There it is! There it is! Twelve-year-old Jack galloped his pony ahead of the two wagons, sending up swirls of dust in his wake. The dust worried Sam, too, but she tried not to think about this evidence of lack of rain as she gazed eagerly at the scattering of buildings in the road ahead. She sighed with relief that they were more than the shacks and tents she had seen in the mining towns. Good, solid adobe had been used in the construction of these buildings, a certain sign of permanence. Her father hadn't been dreaming when he had chosen this town. Jack galloped away and Sam bit her lip in displeasure. Her uncle William was supposed to have acted as head of the family when they joined the wagon train.